Welcome to the Mixtape, a podcast that delves into all things music. Join host Mia Esperanza as she takes you on a journey through the world of sound and rhythm, exploring the latest trends, classic favorites, and hidden gems in the music industry. From rock and roll to country and blues, from pop to classical, Mia will share her passion for music with you and give you a new appreciation for the art that moves us. So sit back, turn up the volume, let's get ready to rock. This is the Mixtape. Hey, 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 everybody. You know how this goes. My name is Mia Esperanza, and welcome to The Mixtape. This is the podcast that explores the music that has shaped our lives, culture, and so much more. In this episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the world of none other than Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest and most influential rock bands of all time. For over a decade, Led Zeppelin redefined the sound of rock music, blending elements of blues, folk, heavy metal, and just a bunch of other stuff to create a style that was both innovative and timeless. Their music was marked by soaring vocals, thunderous drums, epic guitar riffs, and a reputation that has inspired generations of musicians and fans alike. From their early days playing small clubs in London to their epic stadium tours, Led Zeppelin's music has captured the hearts and minds of millions of people around the entire world. In this episode, we're going to dive into their legacy, their rise to fame, exploring their stories behind the songs, and some of the things that you just may not know about the band that made them one of the most important rock bands in music history. So sit back, relax, and get ready to rock as we take a journey through the music of Led Zeppelin on this episode of The Mixtape. To understand really the magnitude of this kind of band that has made this kind of mark on history, we've got to go back to the beginning. So we are going to talk about the origins of Led Zeppelin, and realistically, it all started with Jimmy Page. In the spring of 1968, Jimmy Page was at a real big crossroads in his musical career. He was a highly touted session guitar ace and was now becoming a man without a band for another time. This is something that he had been through before and he was back in this really familiar spot of not having bandmates. He'd spent the prior two years or so, give or take, playing in a band called the Yardbirds. First, it was a dual lead foil to his childhood friend Jeff Beck, and then as the group's focal point changed when Beck decided to split in the middle of their American tour as the Yardbirds, After a quick run through the states, this band suddenly and unceremoniously called it a day when the different members, not even Jeff Beck at this point of the group, decided that they also wanted to pursue other artistic avenues by themselves. Paige, at this point, was understandably disappointed. This was just another thing that he had to go through on a consistent basis when it came to having bandmates. But, although he was disappointed, he had a small inkling of an idea of how he wanted to proceed in his career. The guitarist moved from being completely anonymous in London's many recording studios, working with some of the biggest pop and rock stars of the early 60s, to playing 
sweaty, and not so glamorous gigs at universities and clubs across the pond in the United States was something that was beyond thrilling. It satisfied this kind of itch to be on his own. But Paige also felt stifled by the creative impulses of the Yardbirds and their manager-producer, Mickey Most. Working in radio, Most was a strict disciple and believer of the three-minute pop song, and he consistently butted heads with Jimmy Page, who he inspired by the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Cream, and Jimi Hendrix. He thought that they were doing what the album format should be and wanted to replicate that with his band. So he was really into the storytelling just through the music, through the chords, through the melodies, and creating an entire experience, not just something that would do well and sell on radio. Yeah, you might need a little bit more airtime, but from an artistic standpoint, that was what he wanted to do. Page said that he was especially inspired by a recording session that he'd overseen with Beck in May of 1966 that ended up producing the song Beck's Bolero. The band that recorded this song consisted of John Paul Jones on bass, Keith Moon, Nicky Hopkins on piano, Jimmy Page on guitar. In 2012, Jimmy Page told David Frick that this session was absolutely magnificent and like a force of nature. They talked about how Keith was having troubles in The Who, and they were talking about how Keith noted that they should form a band with this. And at this point, this is when they were actually passing around ideas, talking about what they might call themselves, and this is actually how they came up with a tongue-in-cheek idea of a name. They said, why don't we just call it Led Zeppelin? Paige remembered the drummer saying, because really, it can only go down like a lead balloon. Jimmy Page says that he thought it was a great name and that he would never forget it. When it comes to the formation of names with iconic bands, I always think the stories behind them are so interesting. When it comes to Led Zeppelin, knowing in the beginning of the formation of the band, the name literally came from the fact that they thought that they would only be able to go down and that it was just going to be a crapshoot of a, of a band is really I ironic in itself because they went down, but not in the name of going down in the charts, not performing well. They ended up going down in history instead. Beyond his talent, his reputation, and his wealth of experience, Page also had a not-so-suspected secret weapon. Peter Grant was a 300-pound former professional wrestler and a business partner of most who had taken over the Yardbirds' kind of day-to-day -day management in their final years. When that band just kind of went kaput, Grant recognized that his best chance for success in the music industry would lie with the really young guitarist with the long black hair. His devotion to Jimmy Page during the next 12 years would be total and complete. And as the guitarist began to think about forming this new band, he knew that he could only rely on Grant to secure the recording contract that he needed and help him conquer the biggest fish, the United States of America, which they both recognized as rock's next great frontier. After the original Yardbirds ended up disbanding in 1968, Jimmy Page went on his own to form the new group, 
which was literally coined for a little bit the New Yardbirds, which made their first debut September 7th, 1968. And their debut was actually a show in Scandinavia, and it was their first ever concert by the group who was billed as the New Yardbirds, and it was a very short tour of Scandinavia. This early show had a second performance that took place later in the evening at a pop club, and Jimmy Page even looks back at the experience and says, they don't cheer too madly there, you know? We were really scared because we had only had about 15 hours to practice together before this event. It was sort of an experimental concert to see if we, as a group, were any good, I guess. And he said that in a December 1968 interview. And with that being said, we are going to talk about everybody in the band, although the band was formed and it was kind of ruled by Jimmy Page, the others are important too. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and John Bonham all got their start in music through a variety of musical paths. Robert Plant began singing in bands as a teenager in the Midland region of England, and he ended up moving to London in 1966, and he joined a band called Band of Joy, which also ended up including future Led Zeppelin drummer, John Bonham. Jimmy Page obviously was the prolific session guitarist, and he had played on numerous recordings throughout the entirety of the 1960s, including a bunch with the Kinks and the Who, who were really popular at the time. He also played in what was known earlier as the Yardbirds, which is where he actually met John Paul Jones, who was a session musician and an arranger. Once he ended up forming the new band, and recruited Plant, Bonham, and Jones to form this new group, they actually ended up gaining a ton of popularity and began playing shows throughout the entirety of the United Kingdom and Europe. And as we know, this Led Zeppelin, the new name of the band was inspired by a joke made by Keith Moon, the drummer of The Who, who said that this band would go down like a lead balloon. And Page changed the name to Led Zeppelin as a nod to the band's heavy sound. But also, the name was meant to evoke the image of a massive, unstoppable airship. Led Zeppelin, as we know, became one of the most influential and successful rock bands of all time, and ended up selling, now I don't know how outdated this number is, but they've sold at least 300 million records worldwide. And this is because of a unique blend of blues, rock, folk music, jazz, and just a ton of other things that their live shows were legendary for, including their energy and their improvisation. Led Zeppelin's self-titled debut album ended up being released in 1969 and is considered by a ton of people, including music historians, to be a landmark in the history of the entirety of music and specifically rock the genre itself. The album was produced by Jimmy Page, the band's guitarist, and was recorded in less than 36 hours at Olympic Studios in London. This album obviously features their signature mix of blues, hard rock, folk music. It specifically dives into the band's musicianship, particularly that of guitarist Jimmy Page and their vocalist Robert Plant. Their album's opening track, Good Times, Bad Times, 
really kind of sets the tone and it has a driving riff with heavy drums while Dazed and Confused features Paige's iconic use of a violin bow on his guitar strings. So this was something that he did all the time, but it changes the sound and the dynamic that you get from the guitar. And it just really goes to show that they were all for experimenting with sound, tone, and they would probably be like kids in a candy store with all of the technology that we have today with all the different kind of notes and things that you can make happen when it comes to tech. But it's just really cool how they were beyond interested in the artistry of music and even from their first album you can see that right away. Other standout tracks on the album include Babe I'm Gonna Leave You which is a haunting folk style ballad and Communication Breakdown which is a high energy rock song that showcases really Robert Plant in a really good way with his powerful vocals. The album also includes a cover of Willie Dixon's You Shook Me, which features a really bluesy type guitar riff with Plant going into a more soulful sound. So it's easy to see how this album was all over the place, but it showed that this band probably had the most range out of everyone on the market. Although a lot of people were uncertain when it came to Led Zeppelin's sound and how different they really were, their debut album was a critical and realistically a commercial success. It reached number 10 on the United States Billboard 200 chart and eventually sold over 8 million copies just in the United States. The album's mix of heavy rock and folk influences helped establish Led Zeppelin as one of the most influential bands of the 1970s and beyond. In addition to those tracks that I ended up mentioning earlier, Led Zeppelin's debut album also includes several other noteworthy songs, of course, like Your Time Is Gonna Come, which features a memorable organ riff and a soulful vocal performance from Robert Plant, as always, while How Many More Times features something different and has a lengthy instrumental section with an extended guitar solo from Paige. So everything just had a vast amount of range and really kind of showed you the artistry within each and every one of the musicians in the band. Although Jimmy Page started the band, and realistically he made the band, they made it very clear to feature everybody in a unique way because they all had different talents, different strengths, and they really knew how to play to that. One of the most interesting aspects of the actual album itself is the band's use of production techniques like echo, and reverb that creates a unique but really powerful and deep kind of sound. This is really evident on tracks like Days and Confuse and I Can't Quit You Baby because the band uses these really dramatic shifts in the dynamics and unexpe unexpected tempo changes show up that create a sense of tension and excitement. If you've been following this podcast and if you want to start following this podcast, one of the things that I want you to get out of it is hearing about not necessarily new musicians, but new to you. And Led Zeppelin is a really cool band in that it can make you feel all kinds of emotions. When you listen to Led Zeppelin, sometimes you can feel really tense because it, it, it's not formulaic. It lends itself to 
a really kind of an experience when you're listening to their music because it's not the straightforward pop song that most was really wanting them to put out in the very beginning of formulating this band. Instead, it is a roller coaster from point A to point B. You might go through different other routes to get there, but it is just such a unique sound and that's why they went down in history as such a unique and a big part of rock music. Obviously, the cover art was iconic. It featured the Hindenburg airship that was engulfed in flames, and that in itself, because of its correlation to Led Zeppelin, has become a classic image, not just in history because of the Hindenburg being engulfed in flames, but also a really classic image in rock music history as well. Now, you hear me talk a lot about Led Zeppelin's sound and how it was unique, but it was different and unique for several reasons. Firstly, the band's musicianship was exceptional. All four members were highly skilled and accomplished musicians separately by themselves who ended up bringing their individual talents and styles to the band's sound. Jimmy Page's guitar playing in particular was characterized by his virtuosic technique, creative use of effects, and his innovative approach to songwriting. Also, Led Zeppelin's sound was heavily influenced by a range of musical styles, and you can see it pull pretty heavily from folk, blues, hard rock, and all kinds of stuff. But they drew on these diverse influences to create a sound that didn't necessarily fit within all of them, that way it would sit nicely in rock and roll. And it created a sound that was both powerful and intricate with complex rhythms, soaring vocal melodies, and intricate guitar solos. And their sound was also characterized by their willingness to experiment with new sounds and production techniques. The band used a range of effects and studio techniques to create a unique and dynamic sound that set them apart from their contemporaries. For example, obviously the use of the violin bow on guitar strings as heard in Dazed and Confused was highly innovative and it had just never been done before in hard rock music. And the sound was really different because of the blend that it created with the different elements and genres. And so it crossed a variety of tastes and really there's something for everybody when it comes to Led Zeppelin's music. And more often than not, this music it combined hard rock, heavy blues, jazz, folk-inspired acoustic passages, and all kinds of stuff that ended up creating this sort of hybrid and unique sound that was both powerful and nuanced in a way that it went into uncharted territory in the world of music. And really what gave it the strong characterization of being so different was the sense of dynamics and contrast. The songs would feature slow, quiet passages that built up to explosive, high-energy choruses or guitar solos that really took you on a journey throughout the entirety of the music. And the use of these dynamics is what helps them create the tension and the excitement in the music that ended up adding to the band's overall sense of power and intensity, both in the studio recordings and when they were live. And on top of that, to make it even more interesting, they incorporated elements of mysticism and mythology into their music. Many of the songs featured lyrics inspired by ancient folklore, and mythology and really gave their music a sense of depth and complexity 
not just on the musical front, but on the story front as well, which was rare in rock music at the time. Led Zeppelin's sound was also characterized by their sense of improvisation and spontaneity. Because the band was so musically inclined, they often jammed on stage and ended up experimenting with different sounds and musical ideas in front of their audiences, and this sense of exploration and creativity was just really felt by their audience and anyone who was there in the show. This ended up being reflected in their recorded music, but it was really evident in their onstage performances, which continued to set them apart for the rest. Many of their songs featured extended instrumental sections and solos, which gave the band, and each person in the band, plenty of room to stretch out and experiment with different sounds, textures, rhythms, and perpetuate their own talents. Talking about their use of dynamics and texture, it was really important to them to create a sense of space and atmosphere in their music. They often use subtle shifts in volume, tempo, and instrumentation to create a sense of tension, then release, that helps give their music a sense of depth and complexity that was rare in rock music at the time. Finally, Led Zeppelin's sound was really characterized by their sense of experimentation and innovation. The band was never afraid to try new sounds and to push the boundaries of what was even possible, not only in rock music, but in music as a whole. And it was this specific spirit of adventure and creativity that was reflected in their music. Whether it was Jimmy Page experimenting like on Whole Lot of Love, or John Bonham's thunderous drumming on When the Levee Breaks, the band was always pushing themselves to explore a new type of territory to create music that was truly unique and groundbreaking. Whereas you see kind of today, when it comes to music, everything is that pop music, what should be on the radio formula type. And to have a band like Led Zeppelin come in and change the dynamic is just really amazing. Now that we know where the band came from, we're gonna talk about where they went. We're gonna talk about some of their shows on the road. So Stairway to Heaven at Madison Square Garden was a massive performance and it was night in 1973 and it's widely regarded as one of the greatest live performances not only in rock history but in music history. The band had intricate emotionally charged performances and it was coupled with a stunning light show and the crowd had a ginormous response which created an unforgettable moment that has become the stuff of legend. In 1985 Led Zeppelin reunited for a one-off performance at Live Aid this was a historic charity concert that was organized by Bob Geldof to raise money for famine relief in Ethiopia. The band had an electrifying performance and included classics like Whole Lot of Love and Stairway to Heaven, which helped just further cement their status as one of the greatest live acts of all time. In 1976, Led Zeppelin released The Song Remains the Same, which is a concert film that captured the band's legendary three-night run at New York's Madison Square Garden. The film featured stunning performances of their classic songs like Days and Confused and Whole Lot of Love, which had become a cult classic and was regarded as one of the greatest concert films of all time. Led Zeppelin's 1970 performance 
at the Royal Albert Hall in London is widely regarded as one of their finest live performances. The show, which was part of the band's UK tour in support of their second album, featured an electrifying set list that included classics like Communication Breakdown and, of course, Days and Confused and Whole Lot of Love. Their performance was captured on film and has since become a classic document of the band in the early years of their formation. Led Zeppelin also, in 1970, headlined the Bath Festival of Blues and Progressive Music in England. They performed in front of an estimated 250,000 fans. They had a blistering set list which included classic tracks like Immigrant Song and Heartbreaker. In 1979, Led Zeppelin played two massive concerts at the Nebworth Festival in England, performing in front of a combined audience of 200,000 people. In 1973, they performed Madison Square Garden again, and they, Robert Plant ended up introducing the song The Ocean by saying, Does anybody remember laughter? The line has since become one of the most famous quotes in rock history, and has come to symbolize the sense of fun and irreverence that was a hallmark of Led Zeppelin's live shows. The final Led Zeppelin show was July 7th, 1980, and it was in Berlin. The set list consisted of Train Kept a Rollin', Nobody's Fault But Mine, Black Dog, In the Evening, Rain Song, Hot Dog, All My Love, Trampled Underfoot, Since I've Been Loving You, White Summer, Black Mountainside, Cashmere, Stairway to Heaven, Rock and Roll, and Whole Lot of Love. As they were preparing for their first North American tour, tragedy ended up striking. John Bonham, Led Zeppelin's drummer, died on September 25th in 1980 at the age of 32. Bonham had a reputation as one of, if not the greatest rock drummer of all time, and his death was a huge loss to the music world. Bonham's death was caused by asphyxiation, which occurred after he had consumed a large amount of alcohol the night before. He had been drinking heavily throughout the day of September 24th and had ended up continuing to drink into the night, where he eventually passed out and was taken to bed by his assistant, who ended up finding him unresponsive in the following morning. Led Zeppelin was devastated by John Bonham's death and the remaining members of the band ended up deciding to disband rather than trying to replace him. In a statement issued at the time, the band said we wish it to be known that the loss of our dear friend and the deep sense of undivided harmony felt by ourselves and our manager have led us to decide that we could not continue as we were. Bonham's death was a huge loss not only to Led Zeppelin but to millions of fans and his influence is still heard in the work of countless drummers today. He ended up being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame following his death in 1995, and Led Zeppelin's music continues to rock on and inspire new generations of fans across the globe. When it comes to the death of John Bonham, my dad really put me on Led Zeppelin as a kid, and he grew up with Led Zeppelin because of his older brother, my Uncle Wade, and he told me a story just the other day about how my uncle was excited to go to the Atlanta show of the North American tour. And my dad said that he'll never forget that my uncle was working on his car in the garage. They have worked in hot rods pretty much their whole life. And so he's polishing up his car, working on it, fiddling around in the garage. 
and my dad at the time was in the kitchen and he just heard my uncle just wailing and screaming out in the garage. He had been waiting for this North American tour for a long time and living in Georgia, he was prepped to go to the Atlanta show. And right then the radio announced the death of John Bonham and my uncle just was devastated. And my dad at the time had no idea why someone would be so hurt by something like that because of how young he was. So it's just very interesting. It's kind of like the death of Princess Diana or the death of Michael Jackson. Everybody kind of remembers where they were and what they were doing when an icon that they love ends up passing away. So it was interesting to hear that story from the perspective of my own family members. Now we all know when it comes to rock music, there are gonna be controversies involved. But one of the most well-known controversies surrounding Led Zeppelin are the accusations of plagiarism. The band has been accused of lifting lyrics and melodies from other musicians and passing them off as their own. One of the most famous examples is actually the song Stairway to Heaven, which has been accused of borrowing heavily from the spirit song Taurus. Led Zeppelin was sued over this alleged plagiarism in 2016, but a jury ultimately ruled in the band's favor. Stairway to Heaven, though, is not the only Led Zeppelin song that has ever been accused of plagiarism. Dazed and Confused is said to have been inspired by a song of the same name by Jake Holmes. And Whole Lot of Love has been accused of borrowing from Willie Dixon's You Need Love. These accusations have led to some question of the originality of Led Zeppelin's music and whether the band even deserves the reputation of one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Of course, being a rock band, peak 1970s and 80s, another controversy that has dogged Led Zeppelin is their accusations of sexism in their lyrics and in their outright behavior. The band's early music is really known for its sexual themes, with songs like The Lemon Song and Black Dog featuring a multitude of suggestive lyrics. And overall, there are plenty of tasteless accounts surrounding sex that just seemed to ravage the rock scene and Led Zeppelin. Because of this, they've also been criticized for their treatment of women on tour. Many accounts from groupies and other women who interacted with the band during their heyday described the culture of sexism and objectification that came with really the hard rock era. This behavior, because of this time period, was not unique, unfortunately, to Led Zeppelin. Many rock bands engaged in similar behavior, and it has been something that nonetheless tarnished the band's legacy. And probably the most outlandish accusation of all, there are accusations of occultism that has followed Led Zeppelin throughout their career. The band's fascination with the occult is well documented with symbols and references to mythology and mysticism that appeared throughout all of their music and imagery. The band's use of the Zozo symbol, for example, is said to have been inspired by the writings of occultist Aleister Crowley. Some have even accused Led Zeppelin of being a satanic band, and there are plenty of conspiracy theories that suggest the band's music is a form of mind control or even brainwashing. While there's definitely a strong occult influence in Led Zeppelin's music and imagery, it's unclear how much of this is just a reflection of the band's interest and how they found it intriguing and something good to dive into in the music world. Or 
how much of it is a part of this larger conspiracy. While these controversies certainly have not diminished the band's impact on rock music, they do add a, add a certain layer of complexity to their legacy as a whole. Now we're going to talk about some of the hidden gems when it came to Led Zeppelin. One of the more disappointing facts that I- not disappointing, but I guess disheartening is maybe the word, just because you really see inflation in this fact, but it was just five dollars to see them perform live in Jacksonville a year after they formed in 1969, which is insane. A ticket to a performance like that of a band of that magnitude in a similar stadium in Jacksonville would run you at a minimum $170. Probably for a nosebleed, if we're being honest. So I don't know if that's really, really cool or really, really disappointing. But anyway, the band's fourth album was commonly known as Led Zeppelin and then the Roman numerals for four. It has no title or band name on the cover. It's often referred to as the Four Symbols album after the four symbols that each band member chose to represent themselves on the inside sleeve. So this is actually a really cool album cover. I highly suggest that you look it up. And I don't think this album cover ended up making it into the top 100 album covers of all time that everybody ranks, but I do think it's up there. Especially when you have a band of this magnitude. It's kind of like Apple. If you have an Apple computer just sitting in front of you without the Apple, you know it's an Apple computer. That's kind of how this album was. It was brand recognition beyond what you could even understand because you knew it was Led Zeppelin just from the structure. And so the fact that they didn't even have to put a name on it, they didn't even have to tell people who it was, I think that's a bigger deal than what people make it out to be. Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, was known for his tough negotiations with record labels and promoters, and he once famously secured the band a deal with Atlantic Records that gave them complete creative control and a way higher percentage of royalties than most other artists at the time. Another interesting thing is that the band was notoriously private. They rarely gave interviews, and when they went on tour of Japan, they en ended up managing to not speak to a single Japanese journalist, or any journalist of that matter. Robert Plant's son, Logan, ended up playing the young version of his father in the 2008 movie The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. The band's song Cashmere was used as the walk-up music for professional wrestler Chris Jericho during his time in World Wrestling Entertainment, or WWE. Led Zeppelin once played a concert in a partially collapsed building in Montreux, Switzerland, that had been rented to them as a recording studio. This incident is what inspired the song Smoke on the Water by Deep Purple. The band's song Stairway to Heaven has been played backwards by some fans, and conspiracy theorists claim to hear hidden messages in those lyrics. Led Zeppelin ended up being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995 by Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Now, Led Zeppelin is widely regarded as one of the most influential rock bands of all time, and their impact on music can still be felt today. Here is just kind of an overview of the ways in which they shaped the landscape of rock music. Really, that innovation. Led Zeppelin pushed the boundaries of what was even considered rock music at the time. 
They fused blues, folk, and even psychedelic influences to create a sound that was extremely unique and stood, stood on its own two feet. They experimented with new recording techniques and layered multiple tracks to create a fuller sound that just wasn't done. They incorporated exotic instruments and even used things like the mandolin and the mellotron. Led Zeppelin is often cited as one of the pioneers of heavy metal music. They had heavy riffs, distorted guitar sound, and thundering drum settings that was really a template for the countless bands that have come after them in heavy metal. They also influenced the development of hard rock and progressive rock, all while straddling the world of blues and jazz. Their legendary live shows were marked by their raw energy, improvisation, and showmanship, and their concerts were known for their epic length, lasting hours on end, and still had the ability to captivate audiences with their charisma, their excitement, and were really just a beacon for music at the time. Their songwriting is renowned for their poetic lyricism, imaginative storytelling, and the mystical themes, with many of their songs becoming classics. And their legacy can be heard in the music of artists as diverse as Metallica, Nirvana, Guns N' Roses, Radiohead, The White Stripes, and even someone newer on the scene, Greta Van Fleet. Led Zeppelin as a whole was a band that revolutionized rock music, pushing boundaries, breaking new ground with their unique sound and captivating live performances. In this episode of the mixtape, we really explored the band's legacy, delving into their songwriting, heavy riffs, and mystical themes. And we even touched on some of the controversies that surrounded the band, including accusations of plagiarism and their controversial song lyrics. Although every band has some bumps in the roads and controversies that come with them, Led Zeppelin's influence on music is undeniable. They were pioneers in the development of heavy metal and the artistry of music as a whole, and their music has inspired countless musicians, fans, and audiophiles across the world. In the end, Led Zeppelin's music continues to captivate and inspire, and their legacy will live on for generations to come. So whether you're a die-hard fan, or maybe you're even a newcomer to their music if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time and find them interesting, Led Zeppelin is a band that demands attention and respect. And we hope that this episode has given you a deeper appreciation for their artistry and their enduring impact on rock music and the world of music as a whole. And we are officially wrapping up another exciting episode of The Mixtape. But wait, there's more. Don't forget to head over to our website, miasmixtape.com, to check out our awesome merchandise that will probably make you the envy of all your friends. But also, don't forget to leave us a comment or a contact form and let us know what you think about the show. Plus, you can follow our blog and social media channels that are jam-packed with even more content that you won't want to miss. And if you're itching for more, feel free to send us your topic ideas in that contact form for our future episodes because we're always looking for new ways to keep the music rolling. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on The Mixtape. And that's a wrap on another episode of The Mixtape. 
We hope you've enjoyed the ride and discovered some new tunes along the way. Don't forget to follow us on all our socials to stay updated on future episodes and join in on the conversation. Until next time, keep the music playing and never stop rocking.